It's good to be back with you again and in episode number 41 of Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. We are going to tackle this issue of pagan holidays. That's right, Halloween and a little bit of Christmas. And why we continue to keep putting an emphasis on these pagan holidays and not enough emphasis in the Most High's Moedims, or in other words, the Most High's festivals. We're going to tackle this and more here in this particular episode of Hebrews in Exile. You know what we do. Let's go. Once again, this is Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in Exile. Exile. You know, Sean, we... um, are entering into a time of year when paganism really raises its big head. Yeah, a little nasty guy. Um, we just came off of Hallow's Eve. All Hallows, All Hallows Day. Yeah, Halloween. This minutia of different pagan holidays right. coming into fruition, right. mixed in with a little bit of Christianity. This- right, and you know. What what's what's the dealy bob with this Halloween thing? Oh yeah, you know it's got some roots in a bunch of different aspects. What, what do you, what, what do you what do you know? What do you, what do you know? Do you know anything about Halloween? Well, I I know that the name Halloween Halloween actually is, and I forget the the technical term where a word is morphed into something else. But it actually started out as it's a Catholic holiday that took place on, uh, I believe, uh, what is it, the 30th? And don't quote me on that. But it took place on the, on the 30th. And what happened is that it was a day for Catholics to commemorate uh, a particular set of saints. Um, and those that have, I believe, gone on to kind of honor them. Again, don't quote me on this. I haven't done this study in a while, so I'm just going off the top of my head. So in doing that, and the kind of draw, there's a Celtic holiday that actually happens on the 31st. And then that Celtic holiday is where they, you know, have the, the tradition of warding off evil spirits because what they believed is that there was a portal that was opened up on at a particular time in a year on that particular day and all kinds of evil spirits would come through there. So they would have all kinds of things to, you know, ward off those, those spirits. So the, the Christian and for them to kind of encompass the pagans kind of adopted some of their things on their, on their particular holiday and kind of, uh, this issue of, well, where did the word Halloween come from? It came from the word hollows Eve. So, um, the hallowed ones, uh, the eve of it. That's where it came from. It's actually a a a, a Catholic holiday. Isn't it interesting that mm-hmm. it's a Catholic holiday, and the Christian Church is the the formation of the Christian church comes from the nation of Greece 
and Rome. Mm-hmm. And Rome is the progenitor of Catholicism. Yeah, absolutely. That's where the Roman Catholic, that's where you get that Roman Catholic church. They and, have their own little country. And if you look at the root, the seed of Christianity, yeah. the seed of Christianity is Catholicism. So could one say that any offshoot of that, whether it be Methodist, Lutheran, Baptist, Episcopalian, PAW, Bible Way, you're all a part of this Catholic if, foundation. If you call yourself <laughs> Christian, you are systemically connected back to the root seed, mm-hmm. which is Catholicism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, with that being the case, it stands to reason then that every Christian organization has the DNA of its father. Sure, its source, where it came from. Absolutely. Absolutely has to. It has to. So, one of the things that amazes me is that, and I spent, I spent all of my growing up until 1990, until 2007, really. Okay. Yeah. About 2007. That, that changed, yeah. Within a order of thought, mm-hmm. and you couldn't convince me that I was in Catholic, yeah, idolatry, oh uh, yeah, and in Catholicism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost look at it now, like when you explain it like that, is like saying Catholicism is this, this the church, and then you have people that go to this church, and then. There's some things that some people the in the, the, the patronage, they don't like. So they go out and start their own church. It's still based on... Still based on... <laughs> what they came out of. Still but, based on what they came out of. Right. And but they're this is just doing it... Differently. In a way different because they didn't like where they were. Right. And how it was being done. Right. So, so I'm going to start my church and do it my way. But the root and the seed... It's the same. It's still Catholicism. That's why, you know, we we have uh, some of our people that are in, and they and it's blatantly in your face. You've been to these places where they have, you know, folks dressing up like Catholics, like did the bishop oh, and yeah. the archdiocese oh, yeah. and oh, all yeah. these types oh, yeah. of things. Oh, yeah. That terminology oh, yeah. that I use, oh, yeah. that structure comes from yeah, it comes Catholicism. From, it comes from Catholicism. Yeah. The robes. Oh, yeah. The, the mitre, doilies and all that stuff. The mitre and all that doilies and all that come from Catholicism. And Catholicism and Rome are steeped in idolatry. Mm-hmm. And the Most High hates idolatry. Right. Which is a question that I really should ask those of us that came before us, those of us that are here now, and those of us that are in the future. 
is that I'm going to use a page out of your book. Can I have that literary right? Can I do that? Can I? Can I? Absolutely. I want to use that for a second. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who brought you that? Where in the history of our people tracking us all the way back to Africa? Where was Catholicism? Yeah. Who taught us that? Who taught you that? You didn't learn about that until you got to a specific place. Right. <laughs> there was no, if you're talking about if that's the root of where a lot of Christianity comes from and all, a lot of our people are Christians, not to just to single that out. I'm just, I'm just saying, speaking, you know, I mean, globally. I mean. We never had it. No. Catholicism is rooted in idolatry. Right. I mean, if we're, we open with talking about Halloween, All Hallows Day, right? Which is, which is part of a, which was or probably still is, a part of a Catholic, yeah, holiday. I think they still do those honoring, yeah, the day before the things that are with. Well, you know, because we are, we are into this, this season. (laughs) Of high pagan holy of days. high pagan holy days, <laughs> such as, well, Christmas and Christmas and all of these things. Yeah, um, I want to talk about mm-hmm. some things that are idolatrous and where they come from. And you may not, you may not know, you may not know any of these, but I want to point them out so that our people... Uh, listening can know why it is that from a Hebraic perspective, we say things the way we say them. Sure. Absolutely. Um, There is one in particular that we always close with Mm -hmm. and we are always saying, amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Right, right, right. When the proper word is amin. Amin, yes. So what what does amin say comes from the name of the uh, Egyptian god of life and procreation. And this word amin is identified with the mm. sun god as a supreme deity called amin ra, amin ra ra. Mm. Or, and where is Omain or Amin is the Hebrew pronunciation for prayer ending, and it does not have uh, pay homage to any pagan god. Right. You mentioned it. That's that's uh, Egyptian. Amin Ra is an Egyptian god, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So people don't know. Can we say amen? Amen. Say amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, amen, we amen. say that all the time. You know, uh-huh. when we do that, they don't know that it gives power and authority to that which is idolatrous, mm-hmm. totally idolatrous. Mm. Another another word that is used often in circles and is written in the in the majority of the Greek Bibles, 
is the word Lord. Right. And interestingly enough, in every context where the deity is spoken of, they have replaced the Hebrew terminology, which if we go to the Hebrew scroll, and I don't care what Hebrew scroll you go to, whoever's say, well, that's modern Hebrew. It doesn't matter whether it's modern Hebrew, paleo Hebrew, or <laughs> or ancient Hebrew. Yes, yeah, the same thing. The symbols mm-hmm. say the same. Mm-hmm. An ox is an ox. Olive is an olive. Olive is an olive. A lamet is a lamet. Mm-hmm. A dalit is a dalit. You know, that argument would be would be valid if the different font, if you will, gave it a whole nother different reading and a different meaning. And it doesn't. It says the same thing. So you open your Bible and you read about the Lord. And everybody thinks that this word Lord is highly anointed and highly spiritual. And you have to ask yourself a question many times, which Lord are we talking about? Mm -hmm. Lord comes from the old English spelling of Lard, L-A-R-D, which comes from Lar, Larth, Larry's. It's, uh, it's, uh, an Etruscan and Roman deities that are associated with sun worship. There's that sun worship thing again. Yeah. We the have Greek, to do a podcast on when that. We, when, we look at, when we look at the Greek word, uh, Kyrios mm-hmm. was originally the title for the um, Greek and Roman sun deity Helios and was called Kyrios, Lord of heaven and earth. Mm. The Hindu god, Krishna is also known as Lord. The title Lord was eventually uh, applied to all heathen deities. Mm. Most Bible translators continue to use the title Lord as a substitute Mm. for the name of of our Hebrew creator. So you're saying this is is calculated? Oh, it's calculated. Mm Mm-hmm. Why is it calculated? It's calculated because the intent of Eurocentrics is because they are anti-Elohim nations, Mm -hmm. is to draw the people of the Most High away from their creator and ingratiate them into idolatry because it's interesting that these people know that the Most High hates idolatry, and one of the one of the systemic issues that's ingrained in Hebrew Israel mm-hmm. is that they are susceptible to idolatry, which is the reason why I believe that the Greeks instituted their writing. Hmm. I believe the I believe wow. the, I believe that the New Testament was calculated. Sure. I think I, I believe it was calculated because in it it contains very little truth mm-hmm. and a whole lot of It's like it's using 
its validation is the Hebrew scriptures. Without the Hebrew scriptures, you don't have anything that really validates it. It just sounds like, you know, the the biography of a person that lived for three years and what they did at that particular time. And there's time that it talks about this particular person's life prior to that. But then there are just letters and whatnot. I'm just I'm saying if you were to put the uh, a, uh, a literary work like the New Testament together in today's age, I don't think that you would it fly because it's not credible. It's got to lean on something for its credit. And it, if you look through the course of that document, it gets its credit from the Hebrew scriptures. Right. It quotes it quite a bit. Right. A miss, but it quotes it. Yeah. And our people don't know these things because they're, they're ignorant to the understanding of how ingrained into the fiber of their faith and what they believe these idolatrous pieces are are there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Take, for example, Sunday. That's a big one. You know. That's the holy day now. Yeah, well, <laughs> Sunday was a day that was set aside for Mithra. And Mithra was a Roman cult as, and it, it had this Mithra as its official day to assemble together to worship its sun deity. Mm. So when you worship on Sunday, you are giving power and authority to a deity, a sun deity that is idol- that is idolatrous. Mm-hmm. And how did we get this? Well, when we study the Roman emperor, mm-hmm. Constantine, he legislated Sunday as the day of rest dedicated to the Greek and Roman sun god, Helios. Mm. And Constantine worshiped Christos, Helios, which means Christ, the true son. Mm-hmm. And the Roman Catholic Church venerates Sunday as it's Sabbath, even today, and has handed it down to Christianity. You know what it really sounds like to me? Again, this what's resonating now is this political move to unite these superpowers, these, these the people that, you know, under one banner. Yes. We're going to make, make this religion <coughs> so I can, you know, it's a political power move. Well, when you study Constantine and you read about the Nicene Council right. and how he brought, brought this snod together, uh, which did not include one Hebrew person at all, mm-hmm. the purpose was for Constantine to, reunite, to unite <clears throat> all the religions in the world that he controlled. And in the words of Rodney King, mm-hmm. he was trying to implement a system that said, well, can't we all just get along? Right, 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 right. And, and in doing so, he brought into existence this Christianity, this Christian uh, religion mm-hmm. that is filled with 
idolatrous mm-hmm. emblems, yep. statements, yep. and things that are completely offensive mm-hmm. in the face of the most high. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to pick, I'm going to cherry pick from different places in order to make, and it's, it's quite, now that I see it now, it's quite genius. And I'm not trying to give credence to the whole entire, you know, inception of the thing, but uh, in that particular regard, but I respect, I, that's a better term that I want to use, respect what he was trying to do. And subsequently, by him doing such, he made a religion that is taken, I don't know how many Christians are in the world, but it's, it's, it's pretty big. <clears throat> well, and yeah, and, and, and the thing about it is, well, when you talk, well, talk to, well, I'm not, I'm not that kind of Christian. You're part of you're part of the seed, which is part of the root, mm-hmm. and the DNA of idolatry that resides in what you say you're not of. You are because you use terminology mm-hmm. that is associated with idolatry. Right, right. And because you're ignorant of it, does not mean that you're not idolatrous. Yes, you are. Right. Yes, you are. Right. Uh, I just wrote a book called In Defense of the Messiah. And in my research, I I failed to submit in that writing where this whole name Jesus comes from, mm. which would have been a, a further dagger in the defense argument mm-hmm. that this man cannot possibly be the son of God and he cannot possibly be the savior of the world you know you know what you just did you just did the wizard of oz (laughs) the guy behind see what you see is this you know ominous figure oh fire coming out of his mouth and oh i am the mighty oz but then you find out that the guy behind the curtain is just this sniveling you know shell of a person and yeah. so that's what you kind of did right there with the with the whole entire thing, yeah. because then because we have this idea of what that guy is, and then you just broke it down, right? Like really, that's just a bunch of made up paganism. Yeah, and and, and paganism. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how you try to color it and twist it into the messianic uh, narrative by calling him Yeshua. Mm-hmm. He still his root still comes from the Greek name Isus. I E S O U S, the Latin, Isus, I E S U S, and I E S O U S is adopted from the name of the Greek goddess of healing, Isis, I E S O S, or I A S O, the daughter of Apollo, the sun deity. Mm-hmm. And this goddess is linked to the Egyptian, the Egyptian Isis, mm-hmm. who had a son named Isus, I-S-U, during the era of the Roman Empire, hmm. emperors. And, you know, you get this Jesus name. There are numerous worshipers. There are numerous worshipers, even to this day, of Isis. Sure. And and many Egyptian converted, culture, yeah. And and while there have been many people that have converted to Constantine's religion that mix paganism with mm-hmm. the 
messianic faith, I mean, we, you've got, when I, and I, and I say the messianic faith because the messianic, the true messianic faith is rooted in the, in the Hebrew scriptures that propel us into a time that's called the messianic era. Mm-hmm. But the prophetic, the prophetic narrative that comes out of the prophets bring us this 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 information that Constantine's religion has gone in and polluted mm-hmm. the messianic theology by mixing idolatry with this with this whole issue. Mm-hmm. Now you may not like me. Well, I'm getting ready to ask you a question because you use that buzzword quite a bit there, which is messianic. So I'm going to modify it a little bit. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you believe or feel as though modern day messianics that call themselves messianics, they're more Christian? Because I'm talking about the folks that are still have the Yeshua thing going on, but are doing the Hebrew thing as well are there more what, what do you think they're more of they're hebristians the hebristians they're more christian than yes it's just another form of yes christianity like say okay we yes. just branched off well, instead of it's, doing it's, paw we're going to do bible okay. way so it's like seventh day adventist okay there you go all right we're going to honor the sabbath and we're going to honor the dietary laws but we're going to worship under this under this sun deity right under this sun deity christian banner mm-hmm. That I just that I've already just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So just because you honor the Shabbat, right, doesn't make you, doesn't put you in the narrative of returning to the commandments and the mitzvot of the Most High, mm-hmm. and you're still you're still you're still contaminated by idolatry because you're in you're into this you're into this sun the Sunday Helios. Sun God, Christos, mm-hmm. you know. Still, yeah, you got your you, foot you, still you're, there. You're still, you're still in this, in this Mithra, mm-hmm. uh, cult atmosphere or thought. Mm. And if sun worship, if Sunday is your norm mm-hmm. for Christianity, Sunday is the norm for Christianity, right? Well, then you know, you you go tell me. But no, uh, they are the mess. The modern day messianics are no, are are nothing more than a hybrid, a hybrid Christian church, right? Trying to teach the Hebraic way and adopt to the Moedims, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and keep the keep the feasts and the festivals, but yet and still by them taunting out this or trotting out this Yeshua, mm-hmm. which is just a Hebrew name for, for Jesus. And we know now where he comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're no, they're no different. They're no different. They're no different. So doing it all over again, because we, we made that transition. We, we walked in the desert for 40 years and we went through the Christian to the Messianic, you know, the Yeshua thing on the way down to where we are now. And and if I was probably to give some advice, and, and you can tell me if I'm going wrong here. 
if you are a person that is Christian, that is entertaining the idea of getting back to your Hebraic roots, don't go the Messianic route because it's just going to confuse you. Yeah. Because you're you're going to be torn between two different ideologies and you're still combining them, trying to reconcile them and they won't work. The best thing to do is if you're going to cut off Christianity, cut it off, all the way off. The modern day Messianics are a group of people who don't want to offend Christians. No, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. By adopting certain aspects of the Christian uh, narrative. Mm -hmm. But they just don't want to offend. Because I asked when I was learning this, this route and I was entertaining a lot of the hierarchy in the in the uh, messianic um, order, mm-hmm. and they came and teach and taught for me. You know, there were things that I asked them about: Why do you continue to use terminology that smacks mm-hmm. in the face of? the language that's attributed to Hebrew Israel. Okay. And they, they didn't have an answer. They are well, waffled yeah, around yeah, it. No, well, they, they danced around it, but okay. it was so much to say because they're, they were salesmen. Okay. You know, they, they were the traveling evangelists <laughs> right. and in order to attract a crowd, they wanted to, don't want to offend the truck, the crowd and drive them away. Right. And it was their livelihood. They certainly don't, you don't want to offend the people that are putting money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They chose to not go all in. Which is kind of, wow. You know, wow. Which is interesting. It's just the same thing that's going on in Martin. Never mind. I you know, I ain't gonna say that. I I use <laughs> I use in my writings the word God, and I should I I, I do believe in the, in the next writing that I'm going to do. I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to I'm going to do away with that because the issue is is to educate people, and if you if you continue to do what you do, you get the same results. Right, right. But I'm going to have to shy away from using God in many of the texts that I that I that I use. That particularly, that come out of the Complete Jewish Bible. Mm-hmm. Talks about they use Adonai, uh, your God, mm-hmm. or and which we've translated into back to the Hebrew language with Adonai, and Hebrew language is. It's Yodhevavhe, yep. which yep. is Yahweh, mm-hmm. uh, your God, which is translated correctly, translated correctly, it's Yahweh Eloheka. Mm-hmm. Your God is Eloheka, Yahweh mm-hmm. Eloheka. But this word God, um, G-O-D, or God, G-A-D, or Gud, G-U-D, are all interrelated names. Mm-hmm. And God, G-O-D, was a common uh, 
Teutonic Germanic word that was applied to superhuman beings of heathen mythologies. <laughs> superhuman beings. Wow. Sounds like the Marvel characters from so, today. So, and that's the reason why <laughs> I always ask people the question mm -hmm. when they say, well, I love God. I ask them, well, which one? Yeah, because there's a go God. Yeah, there's there are a lot of them. There are a lot of gods. Yeah, but 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 the the issue is that I don't care how you use him in what narrative or who he might or who that might be. The terminology the terminology is applied to superhuman beings of heathen mythologies, mm. and later we learn that. The word God was adopted by Christianity as the generic name for the supreme being. And I said it was, I said it was adopted. Adopted. Meaning it came from somewhere else. Meaning it came from somewhere else. It's not something that the Most High attributes himself to. The Most High doesn't call himself God. That's right. That's right. When he was asked who he was by Mashe, mm -hmm. he came out clearly and said, I am that I am. Mm -hmm. And this shall be my name throughout all generations, yod heh vav -Hey, which is translated into Yahweh. Some people say Yaqwa, it depended upon how you're pronouncing the, the Hebrew structure of, of what Hebraic writing you're looking at. Mm -hmm. And the name for Christians believe that the name for Elohim is God and does and does not know that the personal name of the Father, they don't know that the personal name of the Father is Yod Hey Vav Hey. Yahweh. Very simple. So when we look at we look at the other word there's three words here that are associated with god as i as i as i as i introduced to you g o d g a d and g u d g a d god was the babylonian canaanite syrian deity of good luck or fortune hmm so on that dollar bill uh oh <laughs> Oh boy. On that dollar bill that says, in God do we trust, it's really saying to you, good luck. That's or right. Fortune. Which is also called Mini, M E N I, the God of Destiny, who was regarded as the Lord Moon. Mm. Then we get to this the city of God, G A D was named after this deity, deity. God was identified, G-A-D, was identified with Jupiter, the sun deity, applied to Nimrod, whose general character was that of a sun god or a sun deity. And the G-U-D, Gud, was the Anglo-Saxon name for good god versus good evil. <laughs> so now we have to get around to and and see now we really you have oh, to realize man. one of the things that we have to stop doing mm, mm. 
is we have to stop allowing the written narratives that are provided to us that can't shake off all of this idolatry. We are going to have to be the educators and be the expounders of putting things back where they need to be so that we can shake off all the stench Mm -hmm. that's associated with idolatry because the most high hates it. And once you come to the knowledge of the truth, there therefore remains no sacrifice for error or sin. Right. It's correct. Ooh. It's rough. Living. You know, yeah. I I stop <laughs> I stop calling and people say, Well, are you going to church? No. I, yeah. I don't I don't I don't go to church anymore. We don't do that thing anymore. Because that, that is also associated with idolatry. Mm-hmm. Where do I go? I go to congregation. Yeah. We're a like-minded body of people that we, worship we, the we, Most High. We, we congregate. We go yep. to, con- to congregation. And we teach the folks. People don't know that the word church comes from the Anglo-Saxon root word, Circe, C-I-R-C-E, or Circe. Or Circe, or something like that. Or Circe, yeah. And it stems from... The Greek name of the goddess Circe, C-I-R-C-E, the daughter mm-hmm. of Helios, the Roman sun god adoption from Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Did I say Greek mythology? Yeah, you did. I thought I heard you mention did, that. Did I say Greek mythology? <laughs> Is it possible that the Greeks god man? Mm-hmm. that they want us to believe is God made in the flesh is a demigod that's associated with Greek in which that a human being cohabits with mm-hmm. a heavenly deity and becomes <sighs> and becomes a immor- an immortal, which is a demigod. Mm-hmm. And now we've got this church thing here and its whole order of adopting by the Roman sun god from is adopted from mm-hmm. Greek mythology. Mm. Oh boy. Linked to this goddess is the Celtic pagan worship of the name Kirsi, K-I-R-C-E. Mm. From her comes the word Kirch, K-I-R-C-H, which pertained to the building dedicated to pagan Celtic worship and rituals. So you go, so you go to church, do you? Right. You see, you see all of, you, you see how subtle all of these words, amen, amen, and all, they, they, they sound harmless. Right. Uh, Lord sounds harmless. Mm-hmm. Uh, church sounds harmless. But yet and still, its root is in 
something that is idolatrous and it smacks in the face of the Most High who has created all things, the Holy Spirit, who has a name. When Masha asked him, who shall I say send me? Tell them that yod heh vav sent you. Right. And this shall be my name forever. Now, that part of what I just said right there is not written in the Greek, in the Greek, in the Greek Bibles. It's left out. It's all if I pick up yeah, a King James yeah, Bible, it won't have that in there. It's not going to have Yod Hey Vav Hey. This shall be my name yeah. throughout forever. It's not. It's not going to be there. Left it out. It's crazy, which is real crazy, you know, because it's again. I think this theme that everybody should understand, present day and future, folks that are listening to this, is that you need to wake up. You need to understand that your present day situation is never going to change. You're continually being oppressed. You're continually being profiled. You're continually dying in the street. You was, this will continue to keep happening because it is ordained for you to happen because all of these subtleties that we're bringing out to bring to your attention, it's the little stuff that is spitting in the face of the Most High. And that is why we continue to keep walking around in darkness. And the Most High continues to tell Hebrew Israel you are not to follow the ways of the nations to which you are disposed. Just that simple. He tells not, us that. He told, he told our ancestors, when you get into the land, mm -hmm. you are to tear down and mm -hmm. destroy all of the symbols that are relative to idolatry, and you are not to follow the ways of of the nations to whom I'm disposing you. Right. That hasn't really changed. Right. I See, shouldn't say really changed. That hasn't changed. See, and now I'm seeing the flaw of the great patriarchs that of our time that we've been able to uh, at least glean a little bit of comfort in our, in our exile here in Babylon, quote unquote Babylon. You know, I'm talking about the Malcolm Sebazes and the Marcus Garveys and the, the Martin Luther Kings of the world and all of the great patriarchs that are out there. They've, they've tried to establish a community of people marching under one banner to do what? To change our existence so we're comfortable in our state of exile. When the real movement should be, okay, we need to turn back. Let's try that movement first. And yeah. then uh, reestablishing ourselves with the most high and then having the most most high have room to come in and guide us as a people. We can't do that. Right. 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 All these all these great patriarchs have done the same thing It's trying to make us comfortable in our butt kicking. And what I mean by butt kicking is that we've been kicked out of the land and we're getting we're under this curse right now. Yep. And all we're doing is trying to make it comfortable, comfortable. for and, where we are. And, 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 and the interesting thing, when you say comfortable, when you think about it, the Hebrew people in exile, we're not comfortable. We're just, you know, I, I, I phrase it in this context. We've gotten to a pace where the things that the Most High brings against us 
to help us to wake up. We we're like we're like the 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 bird in the nest. The Most High puts thorns in the nest to try to get mm-hmm. us to fly and leave, yep. and we're wiggling our butts around in in the nest, trying to figure out how we can stay in the nest and get right. comf- and get comfortable. Right. And there's no there is no way that we are ever in this exile going to be comfortable. Yeah, it'll never get to the point. It will always have, be, like you said, thorns in that nest. Being in this exile is like having a pain you can't get rid of. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much, how many drugs you take. Mm-hmm. All you do is anesthetize the pain to some degree where it's tolerable, but the pain is still there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then oh, it becomes a way of life. Yeah. You've adopted it now. Yeah. It says this is this is my existence. Yeah. This is my reality yeah. now. And then but all the while in your hubris, in your spirit, at, at at the core of the ethos of a person, you know something is wrong. I used to wear and I had a purdy one. I don't even know where it is. Now. Purdy one, huh? I had a purdy one. <laughs> I had a pretty cross. Oh really? Yes, I did. I had a pretty cross. I had a pretty cross. That cross was about mm, two and a half to three inches mm-hmm. tall. Mm-hmm. And I wore it when I put my robe on mm-hmm. to stand in the pulpit <laughs> to preach. It was part of my, it was part of my jewelry. Was it, it was, was it gold, silver, platinum? No, what it, was no, it? no, it wasn't, it wasn't gold. It was, um, it was made of, uh, Various stones. Oh. Oh, it was pretty. Hmm. Oh, it hmm. was pretty. Just assumed that it was just gold. No, okay. no, 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 no. It was no, it was pretty. All right. All right. And, you know, I noticed that a lot of preachers, they do the Catholic thing. Mm-hmm. They get their cross, put it around their neck, mm-hmm. and then they drop it in, in the pocket in of the their pocket, shirt. Yeah. In the pocket, yeah. Pocket of their shirt. Right, right, right. Okay. But what is this? What <laughs> the cross has Two negative references to Hebrew Israel. The cross to Hebrew Israel is a symbol of the Roman sword. Mm-hmm. And it's a symbol of death. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because you say that. Because if there Yeshua was walking around in this day and age, you wouldn't be carrying a cross around your neck. You'd be carrying an electric chair and a symbol of an electric chair on you. On, exactly. Because that, that's what it is. It's a symbol of death. Of death. You know, it was used as a symbol by the Babylonians and the, and the uh, Chaldean sun god uh, and the mystical, the mystical Tau, T-A-U. Mm-hmm. The origin form of the T became the emblem of the Greek Roman sun god Tammuz, mm-hmm. and the Latin word that's associated with this cross, for which that we wear it and we call it, talk about the crucifix, mm-hmm. comes from the Latin word crux, C R U X, and only appears in Roman mm-hmm. Catholic translation of the Greek manuscripts called the Roman Vulgate. Mm-hmm. Vulgate. The Greek 
language did not have a word for crucify or crucifixion. So the Greek word used in the manuscripts was, was I mean, see if I can pronounce this word, uh, satyros, mm -hmm. S-T-A-U-R-O-S, which implied impaled on a pole or a stake and not a cross. Mm. So once again, you're walking around with something that's idolatrous just on your neck that you think gives glory to, well, you know what? Yep, you're there. You know what? No, Might as well. No, no, no. It, it <laughs> does. It does give glory to God because we've just explained who God was. Oh, yeah, for them. Yeah. So... You're wearing the symbol that gives glory to something that is also idolatrous, which we've just explained to you that it's related to a superhuman beings of heathen mythologies. You know? Right. So it's interesting that we're going to come up with, and we're going to talk about this one some more when we get when we get to it. You know the um, issues of Easter and Christmas, and mm. you know all of those kinds of things. We're going to talk about those uh, later on in another in another podcast. But I just wanted to introduce into your thought process terminology that is common amongst religious circles that sounds like it's no harm but it smacks in the face of the most high mm -hmm. as coming from idolatrous nations mm -hmm. that's part of the fiber of the faith of many people and to us Hebrews in exile Turning back to the ways of the Most High, we have to shun mm. the very appearance of evil. Well, I mean, this has been Robert, <laughs> Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in, in Exile. Shalom. Shalom.